Welcome to the Relentless Grace Podcast. This church has left the building. Your host is Pastor Paula Mamel. Welcome to Relentless Grace, a podcast for people who are seeking an authentic, unbridled faith connection with Jesus that is relevant in the 21st century. Whether you have been bruised by organized religion and walked away, or are still engaged but looking for a way to deepen your spiritual journey, Relentless Grace is a podcast to connect with your spirit. Each week, I try to make connections between the timeless Word of God and the reality of our everyday lives through reflections on the Word and ways to implement your faith in your daily life. This show is seeking to provide a re-communion of seekers, doubters, stayers, and leavers with the power of the Holy Spirit outside the walls of a congregation. This church has left the building. This week on Relentless Grace, we are beginning our series on Acts, an evolving faith in a changing world. Today, we begin at the very beginning, the first book of Acts, and the very first story that tells the story of the ascension of Jesus into heaven. In the story, we hear of a God who tells us not to look up and expect God to provide everything we need but rather to lean into a God who has provided us all that we need to be active disciples, acting out our faith, which ever evolves in this changing world. I hope you enjoy the podcast. A reading from the first chapter of Acts, verses 1 to 14. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. What next? That's what the angels asked in the old story about Jesus' ascension to heaven. Jesus had just risen from the dead, 
and spent time with final instructions for his disciples before he ascended into heaven. It was a spectacular affair, and viewed from above, the angels were in awe. It was incredible for them. One of the angels said, Lord, that was amazing. We thought you were a goner. We thought it was over. But then you rose from the dead. You trampled death under your feet. You have defeated Satan. What's next? And Jesus answered, I left a handful of people who really believe in me, and they're going to tell the world about me and make disciples. The angels were stunned. They simply stared at Jesus. The silence got to the point of being uncomfortable. They looked down and they saw the disciples, the ones who they had seen abandoned Jesus, the ones that they had seen deny that they even knew Jesus, the ones that they had seen hiding out, locked against the world so no one could get at them. They saw those disciples running around, and they were filled with fear and trepidation about what that meant that Jesus was leaving these people in charge. So one of the angels finally tentatively asked, That's great, Lord, but what's plan B? And Jesus answered, There is no plan B. And that's how it was, really. I mean, we don't know the whole part about the angels talking to Jesus, because that's just a story. But the reality of what it's explaining, that's absolutely true. Jesus came here on earth to forgive sins, to bend the gap between us and God through love and grace, and then he left us in charge. He left the disciples in charge initially, and that same message has come down from generation to generation to generation. And finally, it's come to us. We are Plan A in spreading the good news of the relentless grace of God who seeks to love us, who seeks to hold on to us, who wants to be in relationship with us, to offer us forgiveness in the midst of the brokenness of our own life, and to offer us the promise and the hope of life beyond the grave. But the only way that word gets out from generation to generation is if we share it if we share the good news of Jesus Christ. The disciples didn't fully understand this themselves. Just before Jesus ascended, they asked, Lord, is this the time that you will restore the kingdom to Israel? They kept hoping for Jesus to have the final action. But the final action of Jesus was not to make everything perfect, but rather to offer us love, forgiveness, and hope, and to let us share that with others. Jesus, when he tells them that he's not restoring the kingdom, promises to give them the Holy Spirit, promises to give them the one who will dwell within them, to give them hope in the face of life and the ability to move beyond the frightened, fearful people that they were when they ran away when Jesus was arrested. Jesus gives them all of the tools that they need, but then tells them that they need to do it trusting in God, leaning on the Holy Spirit, but being God's hands in the midst of a world that needs repairing.
And that's the call that we receive, the call to continue on in that mission. One of the reasons that I am doing this year-long look into the Acts of the Apostles is because I believe that the Acts of the Apostles provide us with a guidebook moving forward. The original disciples had an evolving faith in a changing world. They had no idea what lay ahead of them. The entire book of Acts is an action-filled book that tells stories of how they deal with things like getting along with people that they previously hated dealing with people who are tormentors and trollers, standing up for their faith and yet also seeing ways to connect their faith with others, overcoming trial and tribulation and always leaning into Jesus. The stories of the book of Acts become stories that show how God calls us to ever change in the face of the world while remaining faithful to God. Because the disciples' opinions at the beginning of the book and the end of the book are not the same, but God's love is the same. And I think that's an important thing for us to think about as we are in a world that has changed. There are people who say, oh, the word of the Lord is steadfast and solid and it does not change. Well, the word doesn't change, but our understanding of the world does change. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, the word of God must always be the word of God for today. As we go through the book of Acts, we will see again and again and again why and how the disciples saw the need to shift their own myopic understanding of how God was at work with the world. I've seen that in my own life as I've had transformations in opinions about a whole host of things, as I've understood the broadness and the vastness of God's love. I've become far more inclusive, I've become far more accepting, and I think I've become more in line with God's love and grace for the world. Our faith is not static. It's dynamic, because we serve a dynamic God. And the only way that we are able to do that is if we are ever evolving in our understanding of ourselves of our world, and of a God whose one tenet does not change, that one that talks about grace and love alone. The Ascension story is a great place to begin because at the end of the story, after Jesus says to them, basically, you're getting the tools and you're going to take care of it, he ascends to heaven and they stand there and they look up toward heaven and two men in white robes stand by them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Why are you looking up? Why are you looking for Jesus to come back and solve your problems? Because Jesus has given you all the tools that you need, plus will give you the Holy Spirit to be able to be witnesses. No plan B just that we continue to spread the message. And that's what the disciples were told. In modern terms, I would say it's akin to the idea of thoughts and prayers in response to gun deaths. After a school shooting or a tragedy involving a mass shooting, you'll often hear people say, oh, we need to give our thoughts and prayers, and we don't want to do anything now because we don't want to politicize it. Well, thoughts and prayers will not stop guns. No, I'm not anti-gun, but I'm very anti-semi-automatic weapons. I'm very anti-weapons of war being available to people just for fun. 
I'm very anti people not registering guns. And part of what I am called to do is to say that I serve a God who calls us to choose life. And that by having sane, reasonable gun control, we make our society safer. Now, I could just say, oh, well, I'm going to give my thoughts and prayers to this. But if I don't do anything, then it stays the same. We have to move beyond thoughts and prayers. Now, I have nothing against prayer at all. Prayer undergirds my whole life. However, having said that, I think it's absolutely vital that our prayers drive us to action. Now, sometimes senior citizens or people who are homebound will tell me, I can't do what I used to do, and I feel bad about it. And I'm like, you can pray. That's important. That's absolutely vital. And I believe that the work of prayer warriors is amazing. But when we are able, we need to undergird what we say we believe with acting how we believe. That means being willing to share the good news of Jesus Christ, being able to love others, and being able to take the actions that we need to make the world a better place. Not because we're going to save it, because we aren't, but because Christ has come, given us the tools we need, and calls us to build up the world and make it a better place. We don't just stand up and look at heaven and say, okay, God, come down and answer all of our problems. It doesn't work that way. We were given minds for a reason. We were given hands for a reason. We were given the ability to affect change for a reason. Because God wants us to be partners in this mission. God wants us to be involved in developing our faith. And that's what the book of Acts is about. It's about that partnership. And it's about undergirding it with prayer undergirding it with scripture and what we know of God to be true. It's about truth testing and understanding where God is guiding us. And the stories in this book are incredible. Some of them are challenging. Some of them I'm not sure what I'm going to do with. But they all reveal to us an evolving faith in a changing world. And that change began with the ascension. We don't need to just sit around and look up and hope for things to be different. We are called as disciples, as people who follow Jesus Christ to be agents of change. Whether that means working within the context of organized religion or not, as people who are connected to faith, we are called to engage in the world. That's one of the reasons I started this podcast because I felt the call of God to preach the relentless grace of God for people who may be alienated by organized religion or may be looking for something different so that they can have tools to help undergird and strengthen their faith. My prayer is that God will open the eyes of our hearts so that we can see around us the places we are called to action and that we won't just look up waiting for God to come but rather that we know that we are part of plan A. And when we live our faith and share the love of God, there is no need for a plan B. Amen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. 
I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, 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 I want to see Today on The Community Connection, I would like you to reflect on a place in your life where you may be standing up looking to heaven rather than looking around you to see how God might be using you. Now, that is not a call to tell you not to pray. That is not a call to say, I just want you to throw everything out. But there are times in our lives where we may be passive in a way that is not helpful. There may be a place in our life where we're thinking, okay, I'm just going to see the answer here. It's just going to come to me, like I'm going to get this letter from God telling me exactly what I need to do. And I want you to think about one of those places in your life, and then, ironically, pray about it. Pray deliberately and intentionally, but openly and honestly saying, God, I've been passive about this. I haven't been as active as I need to, and I want you to guide me and tell me how I can take action. This is an odd thing, possibly, for some people to do, but I think it's a very important part of our faith life, to take those places where we feel stuck, where we feel like, oh, this isn't giving me the answers that I expect, and we've become passive and we've moved away from it, but rather taking the opportunity to think to reflect and to plan and to see how God might be unfolding an opportunity for us. I remember times in my life where I felt like everything I was doing was receiving a block. It wasn't going the way I planned. And I just had to step back and say, okay, I seem to be forcing the issue here. And, and there have been times when I've thought, oh, I'm just going to walk away and it's just, it's just going to happen for me. But I've needed to be deliberate, and I've needed to be intentional, and I've needed to be specific about seeing how I might be involved. That might lead you to some places that you don't expect. It might lead you to be involved in some kind of political campaign. It might lead you to be involved in some kind of volunteer opportunity. It might open a door that you are not looking for as far as engaging you in a community outside of your own. But God will provide us all of the tools that we need when we trust the Holy Spirit. 
But we need to first of all acknowledge that we are being passive about it. And if there's nothing in your life that you're being passive about, then you get this week free. But if there is something where you keep thinking, where is God calling me? How is God calling me? You know, I've I've heard from people who have been turned off by the church, but they still miss that community. And I've said, hey, try someplace else out. Maybe find some of your support in areas in different ways. Sometimes you'll find certain things in a church and you'll find spiritual feeding in different places and, and just realize that God can work in creative, unusual ways. But whatever it is, wherever you feel like there's a spot where you can either do something or you need to have some guidance, step back, be deliberate, name it, pray to God and say, I don't want to just look up. I want to look out. I want to engage with the world. I want to make a difference. And God will use you, and God will guide you, and God will give you all that you need in order to find the peace that you need to live out your evolving faith in this changing world. Thank you for joining me today on Relentless Grace, and thank you for your support as I have had a transition in the last few months. Understanding the role of Relentless Grace in my own life and ministry and making the shifts that I need to make in order to be able to do a quality job with this podcast, as well as fulfilling my role as pastor of Hampton Congregational Church. I'm really looking forward to this upcoming series on the Book of Acts and continuing to engage on a bi-weekly basis or three times a month basis to provide this tool for people in spiritual growth while also being faithful to my own call. I appreciate those of you who support this ministry, who provide the funds that are necessary to be able to put it on the air and to offset the various costs related to the ongoing ministry. It means a great deal to me, and I am deeply, deeply grateful because it allows me to continue to do the podcast. I'm also grateful for Elizabeth Kieschnick, who read today, and Cami Wenberg, who provided the music, as well as Dan McKnight, who is our weekly announcer. If you are interested in being a reader, please let me know. And also, if you are interested in supporting this ministry, you may do so using the Patreon link or else contacting me or Venmoing me at PVMamel. I'd also appreciate feedback as I begin this new series about what you might be interested in hearing in the process of walking through this journey of faith. Finally, I leave you with a blessing. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. May you know the joy of the Lord as you out and know that God is calling you to engage with the world as instruments of God's mission to share love and grace with all. Amen. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap will clap their hands and all the trees of the field will clap their hands the trees of the field will clap their hands the trees of the field will clap their hands as you go out with joy